of what we think 2021 looks like and let's bury it okay so that when someone digs it up all they find is this is this conversation of me going matt can you hear me and yeah <laughs> like a couple hundred years from now someone's like a uh, time capsule was found apparently two white guys having a podcast very 2021 oh yes of course, white people went extinct in 2075. <laughs> <laughs> God, but white people love doing podcasts during 2020. And they really love it. It was, it was what signified the beginning of the end of the white race. White people loved to describe their uh, newfound love for podcasting in 2020 as a pivot. You oh, see, it was a pivot. Everybody pivoted. Everybody pivoted. Yeah, into and talking. everybody was special because of it. Were we? Nobody. No. Nobody Damn was special. It. But that's okay. Damn it. Welcome back to the Upstate Coffee Collective Are podcast. Are we recording? A podcast about good <laughs> coffee and better people. <laughs> Who's our guest today? Uh, I'm excited. We have to call them. Well, we, we have, have to call them. Yeah, but we're going to do like a pre-episode like little tidbit. Uh, Bryce Snyder. And Nicole, and Nicole Snyder. Snyder. Yes, related. <laughs> Quite related. <laughs> By marriage. <laughs> By a holy uh, sanctimony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we got Bryce and Nicole. Oh, don't mind me. Just let me put a stack of money on that's, your that's, table. Yeah. Thick, for no reason. It's a thick wad. It's a band. It is a band. It is a band. Yeah. You're like copping bands now. You're like a dad too. You, you wear. You can do both. You wear beige sweaters and and pose that in is, Christmas photos. That is the most like starkest tuna white person thing I've ever done. I know we're we're all getting a kick out of it because we've been waiting for this moment for 15 years, you know. 15? Just about. You didn't even know me 15 years ago. <laughs> you were like, I can't wait. I can't wait for that <laughs> guy. Kevin, <laughs> uh, 10 years then. Huh? Uh, How long yeah, has it been? Yeah, about a decade. It's been a decade, at least. Over. It's been exactly a decade. 2010 was when I graduated yeah, high yeah. school. So, we so 11 years. You've been waiting over a decade yeah. for me to be domesticated by something. <laughs> yeah. And it turned out that it wasn't a woman, but children like the children that just existed in your like in your life. Yeah, kind of just fell into that. They domesticated yeah. you. Yeah. Unintentionally. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It was like I didn't even realize it was going on there. There wasn't a conscious effort toward the domestication. It was just kind of like. Oh, I guess I have to have a filter and be responsible. Like, like my brain did it by itself. And then one day I like woke up and had like three kids hanging off of me and was like, huh? Well, we're, we're, that's how it happens. <laughs> we're definitely happy to see you happy. Oh, thanks, bro. I yeah. am happy. Yeah, it's great. Um, so what are we going to talk about today? Uh, well, okay. So Bryce and Nicole, we've had Bryce on the podcast before. Yeah. He's made coffee with C4. He was in operation Iraqi freedom. He's a member of the Marine Corps. He is a very high ranking Marine. I'll let him brief us again on his title because he's been promoted since the last time he was on the podcast, I believe. Good for him. And like the whole time I've known him, like every year I'm like, are you like the head of the military now <laughs> like <laughs> like i ask him every time i see him i'm like you get promoted again and most of the time it's yes wow. um yeah no he does a really great job and so that he just keeps moving up in station and status within the armed forces but he and nicole since i've known them have been doing missions trips uh and so i'm the gonna, dominican republic I yes yeah i'm gonna let them give us the full rundown of that but they actually a really big thing just happened for them they just got um they just became a registered nonprofit 
which uh, I have no idea what that means for them. I'll be honest. I'm like, I'm that's like, why we I'm just interested. Them. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, oh, come on, talk about it. And they're going to a place that has coffee, grows coffee. Um, the DR. Yeah, the DR. And they're building that. I mean, they've built like hospitals and shit. So it's crazy. Yeah. And I say it, I say it crudely like that because I've never been. I have no concept. I'm going with them next year. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I'm so um, I have no you. concept of it right now, though. So I'm like, they build hospitals and shit. I'm and sure I'm going to get there and be like, what's the other shit? What's the shit part? Yeah. What's, what, what is that? <laughs> All right. Let's get into let's it. Let's call them. Yeah. Please enjoy this episode of the, uh, the Upstate Coffee Collective the, podcast. Yeah, we're yeah. working on it. You know, yeah, little changes here. And there. You yeah. can chop this up as much as mm-hmm. you want. I plan to. Yeah. Please enjoy this episode with Bryce and Nicole Snyder. Yep. watch team backup i'm just making sure we've had enough technical difficulties bryce nicole you guys ready we are ready okay cool uh matt take it away (laughs) well i recorded the intro before but i'll just say again welcome back to the upstate coffee collective podcast i just like to make you do the intro do the bit i'm a this is a pod this is a podcast about good coffee and better people and we have two very incredible people with us today. Yeah. Um, good friends of yours, uh, a new friend of mine. I've, I, mm-hmm. Bryce, I know you and I have met once before, uh, and I'm excited to meet your your uh, wonderful wife, Nikki. My name is Matt Pfeiffer. My co-host is Kevin Miner. That's right. Uh, take us away. First of all, I should say, Bryce, Nicole, welcome. How's things going? How are you feeling? Doing awesome, man. Thanks so much for having uh, having me back on and uh, giving me the opportunity to bring my awesome, um, you know, partner in, in life and all things that I do uh, on the on the show with us today. Uh, I got to say, guys, the setup is awesome. Um, <laughs> oh, it's you. awesome from our end. And uh, it's been an awesome journey just kind of, you know, following along with you guys and doing life with you as you continue to grow on this podcast. And uh, I think, you know, it's been over a year and a half since I was on before. Um, and I mean, it's evolved and, you know, my hat's off to you guys for just being able to, um, persevere through all the crazy things that life has thrown at us. Um, so yeah, we're super stoked to be back on. Um, I feel like I've been following you every week. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like the, the distant friend, you know, it's a long distance relationship. Um, (laughs) but I feel like, yeah, I feel like I've been right with you guys the whole time. So, uh, thanks for having us on and we're really excited to, to chat with you guys and, uh, enjoy a good cup of coffee. Oh yeah. yeah, well you're you're dark roast actual and and the 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 Upstate Coffee Collective community knows about you. I yeah. mean, you Kevin has uh you and Kevin have been kind of like we've been bros for a long time. Long time. And collaborating on Instagram, yeah. you know, kind of just just putting out positivity and making like you know, interesting, unique content and Definitely. it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Uh no, I've yeah, I've known Bryce and Nicole for a long time. Um let's get into a fun question right off the bat because bryce said good cup of coffee bryce Mm. what's in your guys's mugs today well fitting for uh the conversation that i think we're going to launch into today i actually have a very small batch of um coffee from santa domingo dominican republic and it is uh the blend is called a caracolillo 
which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but it's uh, oh. about 5% of the coffee produced down there when they uh, go through the process. About 5% of that coffee, it's, um, it, it, that's, that's what this is. It's a very small um, coffee bean that is um, what they call snail-shaped. And it's really, really strong. So it has a lot of um, really robust flavor, but it, it has almost no acidity to it. So it's a really drinkable cup um, mm. that kind of has like tasting notes of like hard candy and uh, different things. I did some research and looked it up before I got on here because I knew you were going to ask me the tough questions about it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we, we, we ground that up today, um, and I French-pressed it just for this show, and that's what uh, me and Nikki are both sipping on right now. Yeah, that's great coffee. Um, Matt, I actually uh, shared a uh, Caracol or Caracoli or Caracolio coffee on our story this week on Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, I just had... to, yeah to piggyback on that. Oh, that's You're great. You're missing out this week is what I'm saying. I know. Yeah. What's I know in your I... mug? Uh... <laughs> My mug, my mug's been interesting lately. Uh, well, yeah, currently I'm I'm drinking a friggin' vitamin water, uh, but uh, I have been sort of abstaining from caffeine yeah. recently to sort of you know to I, on my long journey towards bettering my mental health. Uh, I, I'm making different lifestyle changes, so you know certain things like making sure I get better sleep, making sure I'm exercising, making sure my diet's right. But one of the things that I noticed was that. For me, in my current kind of headspace, caffeine was really only, it was only subtracting from me. It wasn't making me more productive or waking me up. And so I've been caffeine free for a little bit. I've been searching for a good decaf. Uh, Kevin and I are really interested in in a certain decaffeination method called uh, ethyl acetate uh, decaf. So that would be uh, EA, ethyl acetate. Uh, Sugarcane is another... um, another nomenclature for it, another word for it. And uh, yeah, just look, trying to find really high quality coffee that is decaffeinated uh, is sort of where I'm at right now. So yeah, I did make Chris Kerr a very good coffee this morning by our good friends at No, Sl- uh, no Sleep, <laughs> no sleep yeah. which is kind of, you know, the opposite of what, the opposite of what I do. need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that was a single origin Ethiopian coffee and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Taking a little bit darker than you would imagine, like yeah. a Yurgachev to go. Yeah. It's awesome. Though. If you ever cut coffee out of your lifestyle, we're going to have to change the name of the podcast. To what? I, I don't know, but we'll we'll get there. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But it's not the Upstate Caffeine Collective, so no, it's you're not. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have been drinking Stax Single Origins all week. We just have really good coffee. Yes, you Stax. do. I mean, I'm always surrounded by good coffee. Uh, and then very luckily, Brandy got me a bunch of Costa Rican coffees from Volcanica, and then I was able to get in touch with Volcanica, and I think I might while we're in Costa Rica next year, be swinging over to Volcanica's farm no to check way. it out. Yeah, so she actually bought that coffee not knowing that I would do the thing that I do where I go, and I'm interested, and then like <laughs> and get in touch with the people who run it. But uh, I did, so that was really cool. I've been having like a Costa Rican uh, terrazzo, a natural process, uh, Costa Rican geisha. Oh, shit. And uh, there's one more that I can't think of right now, but I've had a ton of coffee this week, man. Um, and then I had that really good cruise, got the new uh, the brew. brew bender method, cold brew in cans, which I have to say, 
is delicious. Not to put us absolutely phenomenal. Not to put us down a rabbit hole like like before even really getting into this, but yeah. I do have to ask: Have you had a Eugenoides? If I'm even pronouncing that right, I've not variety. Nope. I haven't either. But it like won all of the brew brewers cups. Yeah, this we're year. talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want to try it. We'll get there. Yes, we will. Yeah. Okay. I, I, let me put. Hold on. Put that yeah. fat stack of money back down on the table. Let's go buy some <laughs> right now. Let's go do it. All right. Uh, <laughs> Br- Bryce, Nicole, this episode is about you guys. Bryce actually shared some really good news with me um, about a month ago now. but um, we And since then, we've been trying to link up to talk to you guys because, like you said, you have a very apt coffee today. You're drinking Dominican Republic coffee. You guys have a special relationship with the Dominican Republic. Um, before we get into that, from both of you, for listeners who have never heard from Bryce before or have never met or heard Nicole before, who are you, how are you, and what do you do? Feel free to take turns. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first and I'll, I'll okay. come in I'll, behind you. I'll set the stage. Ooh. All right, all right. so I am uh, Bryce, a.k.a. Soapbox Snyder, a.k.a. AKA for the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast followers, Dark Roast Actual. Uh, man of many hats, uh, currently serving in the United States Marine Corps, have been serving in the Marines uh, since, um, well, 22 years now. So June of, two, of 1999 is when I went to recruit training. Um, I haven't publicly announced this until today, uh, but I am currently uh, selected for Master Gunnery Sergeant. Um, so I haven't really told anybody that yet officially. Um, so that's kind of like a, a huge deal for me. And I think I, the only reason I bring it up on here is because Kevin actually uh, called it uh, when you guys interviewed me the last time. Um, <laughs> so he, 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 he's, 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 he's my prophecy. Uh, so he put that out. Um, but besides that, uh, married to my wonderful wife, Nicole, uh, going on 18 years now. And um, we do a lot of things. Um, but most importantly, outside of uh, work, uh, what we do is we are dedicated and committed to um, serving in the Dominican Republic. Uh, we've been going down there for several years now um, as missionaries and just conducting all kinds of uh, different projects, community service projects, food missions, and all the things I'm sure we'll get into. Um, and so we have you know, a lot of updates with that as we continue to navigate and go forward, and that's been growing. Um, we're also parents of four children, uh, three of them now officially out of the house. We have Woo-hoo. one left, one left to go, <laughs> no, <they're all> <laughs> <laughs> but they're great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, outside of that, just, uh, into all kinds of things, super into health and fitness, uh, you know, super into, uh, we're both Christians. Um, you know, so we do a lot of work with, uh, the local churches up here in the area, New Hampshire, where we are. Um, yeah, just all kinds of fun things. And that's, uh, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I will high five and tend to t- turn yeah, it over to you. Thanks, babe. Um, so Nicole, I go by Nikki as well. So you'll hear, you'll hear both. Um, Bryce and I have been married. Yeah. 18 years, four kids doing all the things that life has to offer. We love to travel and do our missions work, but um, on the regular, I am a senior project manager and organizational change manager. So I am a MBA. I've got a very long-standing career um, in banking, and I also am a uh, trained doula. So in addition to my business uh, work, my my degree that I get to use every day, I also um, do doula work. So I get to bring that into the missions field with me in the Dominican Republic and serve other women and lift up other women. So that's pretty important to me. Um, so yeah, I think I summed it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for people who don't know, a doula is? 
So I support women emotionally, physically, spiritually during labor and delivery. Yeah. Amazing. A very important job. Yeah. Uh, it, so it's it's called a doula and not a midwife. People would know the midwife term from the more like standard like medical practice. A doula it obviously encapsulates the emotional and spiritual support alongside the physical support and mm. assistance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So okay. the midwife, you know, they've got um, the evidence-based and clinical-based training to support and be hands-on during um, delivery, um, whereas a doula is there to put together your birth plan before uh, delivery, as well as being hands-on uh, support through the entire uh, labor and delivery. And but uh, yeah, we we don't catch babies. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome because I mean, obviously, you know, you could combine both of those. You need to have a lot of financial foresight when you're having kids these days. So I mean, I'm sure yeah. you could get some people in some really nice financing packages for their kids before they come. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. And then the reason that we brought you guys on is you guys. So I, if I understand correctly, you guys just became a certified nonprofit with your work that you do in the Dominican? Yeah, so we've been working on Live to Serve um, really grassroots for a good period of time. And eventually it just got to the point where there was enough interest sponsorship, um, you know, from other small business owners and, and, and folks that wanted to make personal donations that we said, you know, we really have an opportunity to formalize this in a way that, you know, people can give freely um, and make it more regular. So we are currently officially incorporated live to service in the state of New Hampshire, where we live now. So huge praise for that. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and then we are submitted to the IRS right now. So for the 501c3 nonprofit designation, we are submitted and waiting for um, the approval. So we'll likely have that the top of 2022, um, but still waiting for that final approval so we can claim that designation for for live to serve that's awesome i mean you guys have been you you've been since i've known you you guys have been fostering and nurturing live to serve which is kind of the it, it's the moniker that it like adds a name to what you guys do to the idea of what you guys are doing in the dominican republic which is Hard for me to sum up. Can you give us just like um, I, as in-depth as an overview as you would like to give us of the work that you've been doing and plan to do in the DR? Absolutely, yeah. So Live to Serve is, is kind of a um, shorter version of the full title of our kind of my thought process, our thought process on this, which is Live to Serve, Serve to Live. Um, I have that tattooed on my leg. I got that a long time ago. It's kind of a, a, a code to live by for me uh, in the sense that I'm I'm wholeheartedly in agreement that I am living to serve others and I'm serving to be able to live uh, an eternal life as a Christian. Um, so it's kind of a play on that. But uh, we found very quickly that live to serve, serve to live.com or live to serve, serve to live. If you're trying to search for that online, it's just too long. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we just shortened it down to live to serve. Um, but just, you know, where we've come from and how this whole thing started. Uh, several years ago, my wife went down on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic. 
um, just as a just a volunteer with some friends of hers that she knew and uh, kind of got to go down there and be exposed to the community and the environment and see firsthand the needs, um, you know, from the communities down there. There's where we go and in the in the particular area that we serve in, um, it's a combination of both Dominican, um, you know, um, residents and then also Haitian refugees. And if you know anything about the history of uh, the Dominican Republic and Haiti, there's a there's a lot there's just a lot of history there. We'll put it that way. And uh, it's very difficult for the Haitian refugees that are seeking refuge there in those areas to be able to do just simple things like um, children to go to school and get an education, uh, individuals to get a job, individuals to uh, be able to seek medical care or anything really. And so unfortunately, what happens is a lot of the refugees down there almost almost kind of get um, migrated into um, different villages or depending on what it is. Um, so where we are is mostly sugarcane farming uh, seems to be like the, the dominant, um, you know, resource down there that requires a lot of uh, farming and uh, manual labor. And so what happens is the Haitian refugees that come in are offered the opportunity to live in what they call a bate. Uh, which is like a village, and uh, their families can come with them. It's provided by the sugarcane companies. And uh, just to put it in perspective, I mean, the uh, the quality of life down there in those bates is uh, is very, very difficult to uh, to see. Uh, minimal running water, not a lot of electricity, uh, no access to resources outside of the bates. And um, yeah, it's just a really hard life for the, the the families that are down there. And so what we had the opportunity to do was um, be able to go down there and kind of get into those bates, um, raising money and raising funds and donations for supplies, food, resources. Um, and we get to take all that down there with us to the Dominican Republic um, and, and kind of, you know, put all those resources to good use, go into those bates and just be able to provide some of those basic necessities those that those families need. Um, and as we're as we're down there, we kind of go down with a very open mind and um, kind of, you know, just wait for the opportunity to see if there's certain needs that maybe we weren't planning on um, providing. And uh, every time we've gone down, that's what's happened is these these awesome opportunities have sprung up and we just kind of jump on whatever we can do to support, help, uh, provide care. And um, that's kind of where we started. And uh, from that Fast forward to now, uh, we're actually leading teams of um, volunteers down there, where before it was just me and Nicole going down. And um, we've run three separate trips down there now with with a team of volunteers. Our first year, we had 12. Uh, last year, because of the uh, quarantine and COVID situations, we had a very small uh, group of volunteers, about five or six that went down. And then um, April of 2022, we actually just, uh, just announced that we have our next trip. Uh, and we're looking to build a team of 15 individuals um, that want to go down with us and continue to to do the work that we've done. Outside of serving in those bates, uh, we also have done some community service projects. We've built two homes uh, for Haitian refugees down there at no cost to them and actually provided those homes to them. And um, that's that's in partnership. Yeah. Like it takes a village to do this type of work. Right. So it's in partnership with other great nonprofit organizations that are out there like um a hug, yeah. a hand up group. Uh, we work a lot with them. Friends of Calegro de Maria. Um, they're another organization that supports education for children in the community. But really for us, I think one of the biggest things that keep us going back is you build relationships with this community that you're serving in, right? So you're helping these people, you're getting to know these people and their needs. And 
one of the greatest joys in all of it is that, you know, in times like these, you know, there are times where we're in a first world country and we feel hopeless with the amount of just environmental factors we have to consider on the day to day. And these people have all those same things and then some. Um, they're not in a first world country you know, with all the um, excessive resources that we have. So just to provide some hope um, that people, you know, even in our comforts, as, as I like to consider it, are still thinking about those that are less comfortable in ways to to help bring some hope um, to their day to day. Wow. Yeah. It's it's a lot, right? Yeah. No, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> that's, that's just wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I'm speechless. That's a lot. I mean, it's really impressive. You you guys have you know your working lives, you have your family life, and then on the side, you guys were like, you know, a lot of people are like, what else could I do on the side? I guess I'll go like you know pick up pickleball this year or something. Yeah, and yeah. You guys, you guys are like, no, we're gonna go build homes and help build up a community in the Dominican Republic where they need some help. Like that's just awesome that you would volunteer your time like that. Well, thanks for that. I mean, you know, my first missions trip was in 2012, and I've been doing this type of work ever since. And it just, I feel like before I did it, I kind of had blinders on, like, you know, this stuff exists, but until you kind of experience firsthand, the extreme by which nature by which some people are are living and, and trying to navigate this journey of life, you know, it just took the blinders off and I couldn't unsee it. And I couldn't not get involved at that point. Um, and, and so I did a couple missions trips, um, in the Dominic as well as in Belize. Um, that was a, a pretty tough trip for me personally, but what it did is really kind of reaffirmed that the community that I was serving in, um, was where I felt purposeful and where I felt like I should be, um, serving. So that just kind of reinforced the work that we're doing. And then along that journey, what Bryce didn't mention is, you know, I became a doula. I kept finding myself in the States um, in positions where friends and, and acquaintances were asking me to support them in labor and delivery before I was even a doula. Um, ah. So I went ahead and, and got the official training and did all the things um, to make it official. And then from there, um, ended up using that in the Dominican Republic. So now I have the awesome opportunity of going into public hospitals and taking in supplies to the maternity ward, labor and delivery, um, and supporting women there um, with that skill set and have have big dreams to be able to one day um, have a birthing center there in that community where women can birth with dignity um, and the respect that they deserve um, without without the resources they don't have. So really to be able to honor them during that very vulnerable time of labor and delivery. Wow. That is just, yeah. I, I mean, I'm doubling down on what I said before. It's a little redundant. That is just impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, I, to the, the question that comes to mind for me is, is, is more of a general question of how, how have you guys been um, able to manage balancing your life uh around your service and you know everything all of the other responsibilities that any adult in you know in our world uh has to manage you you must have run into you know all kinds of moments where you were like overwhelmed unable to get you know unable to meet every expectation what are some tools that you guys have used um or i don't know maybe mindsets mindset shifts that got you through being able to raise four children 
have fully fledged uh, careers and, you know, serve on the side as well? Yeah, I think the fir- I think you nailed it. The first thing is mindset. Um, I don't believe in balance. I don't think you can balance all those things. Really, it's about an integration of all of those things. And at times, it does feel unbalanced and it does feel chaotic. But when you have priorities and you're integrating those priorities, um, you you give grace and space to the fact that not everything is going to be even keel all the time. So sometimes you may be focusing a little bit more in one area, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that the other area is not a priority, but you continue to fight for that integration because those are all important things to us, you know, our careers, our children, our marriage, our missions work. So I, the mindset that I operate with is less about, am I giving equal space to and balancing this and more to, these are all priorities and I need to integrate, but that doesn't mean that at certain seasons and during certain periods of time, one's not going to take priority over another. I feel that very strongly uh, in, in a personal anecdote because I feel, um, you know, I, I feel a sense of attachment to what we do here at the Upstate Coffee Collective, but have felt like I couldn't give it as much attention in, you know, over the last few months as I have in, in the past. I mean, I think we dedicated a very large percentage of our free time outside of our careers and things like that to you know make this the best thing that it could be and to run it with the joy and the excitement and the enthusiasm and the gratitude that we have um but it's been very challenging and i feel i have felt in the past guilt for not giving it as much as i had in the past because i'm focusing on my career right now you know making sure that i can be the best version of myself there Mm -hmm. so uh that's it it feels it it's it gives good perspective to see that like life can have seasons and you can you know, lean one way for a little while, lean one way the next little while. Yeah. That's really valuable. Thank you. Bryce, anything to add? Yeah, I, I think for me, um, you know, it, com- it comes down to like the, the word that always comes to mind for me is generosity. And I know that's an easy word to throw out there, you know, but actually really dissecting that and looking at what it takes to be generous uh, versus just giving, right? Because there's individuals out there that will give and by giving, maybe it's, I've got $5 to spare and I'll give it to this person or to this cause because, you know, that's, what is it at the end of the day, maybe the loss of a cup of coffee for that day. I can give that. It's, it's, you know, genuinely fairly easy to do. It's not going to like break the bank. Uh, when we talk about actual generosity, I am I'm a firm believer that that takes uh, sacrifice with your time, your talents, and your treasures. Um, but just like anything in life, like you know, the harder you put, you work, or the more you sacrifice, or the more you put into something, you know, the greater the reward. And so, you know, I have to ask myself, like having been down there, being exposed to what we've done and what we've seen. Um, you know, there are a lot of times when we'll be thinking about planning a trip or what can we do to, to kind of put something together here. And those naturally those distractions pop in and say, oh, that's going to be too much time or that's going to be too difficult. Or no, you're not going to be able to devote to this if you're spending all your time doing this. And I think that's where that generosity, like you really have to recognize like, yes, this is going to be uncomfortable. This is going to come at a cost. I mean, we've sacrificed a lot of our own finances to be able to do what we do. Um, Obviously our time, um, you know, we don't take our children with us down. Well, one of our, one of our older ones, Trent has gone down with us, but um, the younger one, we haven't brought her down there yet. So that requires someone else is going to have to stay back here to make sure that she's set up and, you know, can continue to just live daily. You know what I mean? 
mean while we're gone. So there's a there's a lot of sacrifices. We've missed out on opportunities to do other things because you know we're investing so much uh, finances and time into these trips. But you go down there and you see it all come together. And you know I always say this to individuals I'm talking to about the missions work that we do. I always thought me going down there um, to do the the work that we do was I'm going down there to be a blessing to others. Quite honestly, it's the exact opposite. When you go down there and you see uh, firsthand what's going on down there and, and just being exposed to the community and the cultures down there, I always feel like that's more of a blessing for me. And I, I come back with a completely different mindset. And it's so rewarding when I come back that it almost drives me to be motivated to do it again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's just really it is, you know, you have to recognize there's a difference between generosity and giving. Um, and uh, it, it, it's hard, but it's worth it and it needs to be done. There's got to be people out there that are willing to do it. And so that's where my heart is, is like, yep, yeah, I'm willing to I'm willing to sacrifice other things to make this a reality. Um, it's not easy to do. It takes a lot of work. But, yeah, it's so rewarding. Yeah. Um, you know, you you kind of answered this already. And I think it's pretty easy for someone to kind of assume the answer to this question, but I think it would be better to hear you guys explain it. Um, you keep going back to the DR. You keep going specifically the same community. Yes. Yes. All right. And, and I've like, why do you guys keep going back to the same place? Um, and, and what, what are the, what are some of the needs that have changed over time? And what are some of the differences that you guys have noticed? One of the um, reasons we keep going back to the same place, um, you know, because we have done work in other areas is um, it's not as if we're going into one town, one village and only trying to make, you know, some difference there, spreading hope there, providing resources there. Very naturally, what happens is we work with those communities who have are, you know, at some length, arm's length to an, the next community. And so it keeps like snowballing where there is now lots of different communities um, that we're working with based on our relationship and network with Las Colinas, right? So because of that, um, and they continue to share that generosity and because they have been such great stewards with the resources that we know we can trust them with what people are providing us in terms of donations and resources that we take down. So because of that, you know, that network and that strong trust, trusted relationship, we can share it with more communities outside of Las Colinas further out. And so it just helps us to be wise stewards of the resources we're given and trust that when somebody says, hey, I, I want to sponsor uh, a, a single female to build her own business in the Dominican Republic, you know, I can do that for a hundred dollars. I can help a woman start her own business for a hundred dollars in the Dominican Republic. Well, that's, that's a specific example. Have you done that? Has, has that happened? Yeah. So in our last trip, whoa! in our last trip, we were able to start um, five female led businesses in the Dominican Republic for $500. That's awesome. Yeah. Is, uh, is it a, is it a, um, what am I trying to say? Is it, is it an imbalance of of currency value that makes a hundred dollars so valuable in the DR? Or exactly. So when I was there, I think the exchange was about forty seven pesos to the U.S. dollar. Whoa! Exchange rate that we were getting, and so exactly. So this would be 
you know, I'll give you just one example. There was a woman and her husband and they were struck by COVID and he was on um, oxygen. And so they have to pay for the oxygen tank um, so that he can survive COVID. And in that process, they had to spend all the money that they had and they had had a cafe and they lost their cafe because they were paying money for oxygen. And, um, and so he survived COVID, but now they had depleted any resources and they had no longer had any income coming in. So we were able with $100 to give her what she needed to create her initial inventory and rental space to recreate their cafe and start that business back up. So that's, that's just awesome. one of several examples. Wow. And you're doing this just to do it just to be like you said a, you know a, a blessing to other people and in, and in return really they're a blessing to you that's that that story is not lost on me but the idea of giving to give right yeah. serving to serve or in your case serving to live living to serve i it is something that we um you know we we culturally we all appreciate it and we see it and we you know revel in it but uh there's something about just I don't know, maybe just making contact with somebody who truly like lives that lifestyle instead of like aspiring to mm-hmm. or somebody who just gives. And, and I think it's easy to make excuses as people like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm, you know, it, w- when I have more money, then I'll be able to create the time to do it. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's it's just it's it's really humbling to see that you guys just decided like it was something that you valued and something that you really wanted to do. And then you just went and did it instead mm-hmm. of making excuses and and you know, it's just amazing. Yeah. I would say just to, just on my own, uh, experiences too. Um, you know, I, I think the first step for me was like Nikki, Nikki obviously had been going down prior to me and I was kind of staying back home and, you know, running the house and taking care of the kids, uh, to allow her to be able to do that. And then I saw the change in her every time she came back or just the impact that it had had on her. And she was like, you gotta go, you gotta go. And, um, you know, finally she, she basically convinced me, uh, to go down with her. And for me, it was really just being open to the idea and saying, okay, you know, I'll give this a shot. I didn't really understand the full impact of, you know, what I was about to experience. And quite honestly, every time we've gone down, there's been different experiences. But from the first trip that I went on, the one thing that I saw and took away from more than anything else is that the culture and the community that they have, and I've told Kevin this many times before, uh, I mean, you're walking into an environment and an organ or like an, an, an area where they literally have nothing. But one thing that they do have is just joy. And the whole idea and concept of the community comes together to really raise the community. And this is an environment where everyone in the neighborhood knows everyone in the neighborhood. And if there's a family in the neighborhood that needs something, the entire community comes together to make that happen. And it's not a, I'm going to go do this for you. And then I expect you to, when you're on your feet or when you're up, you know, back up to hundred percent that you're going to turn around and do something in exchange for me. It is literally just a giving culture where, you know, there's no greater statement for them, then it takes a village. It really does take a village uh, to, to, you know, to keep the whole thing going. And I don't know necessarily if that's the same here in the States. And, you know, I mean, I've lived, we've lived all over military family, we've moved around. Um, But my time in Saratoga Springs, when we were living out there, I knew the neighbor on my left, I knew the neighbor on my right, and I knew Kevin. And that was it, you know, and we lived yeah. in a neighborhood and I and yeah. I would sit there and say, I don't know the neighbors in my own neighborhood. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, and I'm not saying it's like that everywhere you go, but in different places, it is like that. We're very, uh, you know, we stick to our, our own, you know, friends and our own families and we kind of stay within ourselves. And I don't necessarily know if that community uh, culture mindset is the same. And I love that. I love being able to go down there and, you know, Kevin, you asked like, why do we keep going back to the same place? Yeah. Um, ha- having gone down there, it's, it's like an extended family and we've watched that, that family grow. And when we do go back and we visit certain bates that we've been to, we're seeing, you know, children that Nikki was holding when they were one or two years old and now they're five, six, seven, you know what I mean? And it's like, they're like, they're family. I mean, they, they know us. And when we come down there, we get to see them and watch how they're continuing to grow. Uh, and we continue to keep investing in them to support them so that they can, you know, continue to grow. And it's been great. It's like, it's literally like a, you know, a, a party when we come down there because everybody's like, Hey, you know, it, it's family, you know, that's, that's what it's become. And so that's what drives us to continue to want to go back and continue to uh, support them. Is, is there a specific part of about the trip in 2022 that's coming up this next year for you guys that you're looking forward to most or that sticks out in your mind as something that you're really looking forward to when you go down yeah so you know all of the needs that we're aware of down there um you know and we stay in touch with them throughout the year as well um they've only intensified so because Mm -hmm. of um, the extreme challenges between Haiti and the Dominican Republic um, and the uh, hurricanes and what whatnot that have recently hit Haiti, they're seeing more and more refuge, uh, refugees in the Dominican Republic. So all of the things that this um, community was already in need of has intensified because now there's more and more people in need in their area. And Uh, More recently, we've been given examples where women who have um, gone to the public hospital for maternity care, for labor and delivery, are being turned away um, and put on buses to take being take back over the Haitian border because they don't have registration papers that prove their citizenship in the Dominican Republic. Um, And right now, I think the, the country is just being from a government perspective, overburdened by the number of refugees coming in from Haiti. And so that translates to a decline in their ability to care for these people. So now all the work that we've been doing is only of a greater need for those people. And so what I'm most looking forward to, I think, is just trying to you know, bring a bigger team with more resources that we can help more people because there's just so much devastation there right now um, with recent events, current events that um, they need support. They need hope. They need love. They need to know that people care right now. Yep. How about you, Bryce? Yeah, I have. All right. So I've got a, it's kind of a, it's going to start out as a really sad story. It's got a <laughs> funny piece to it. And then, uh, you know, why I'm really driven to looking forward to this. And this is just one tiny example of some of the things that we get to experience down there. Um, my last trip down, we went to a particular bate, which is one of the ones that we go to regularly. And while we were there, I had a family approach me and they asked me to come back to their home. 
And so I went back into the home with them, not really knowing what was getting ready to go down. And um, as they brought me in, there was a young boy in a um, in a bed in the in the house. And and when I say the house, the entire house is probably the size of you know equivalent to like a spare bedroom uh, here in the U.S. And there's probably 12 people living in that room. And um, the young boy that was in the bed, he had he was covered by a, a blanket. And I, you know, like okay, what's going on? And I had a translator with me, and they're starting to kind of tell me the story. So this young boy, his name is William. He's probably about 12 years old. And William, every single day, um, was responsible for taking his younger brother to school. And in order for them to go to school, they would get on a donkey and they would travel probably four or five miles down a dirt road to go to the school. Um, the reason they were so uh, adamant about going to school, besides the education, was they were they were fed one meal a day. That's their lunch is when they go to school, uh, which is the only meal that those two boys get on a daily basis. And uh, not only that, but they would split that meal and bring some of that food home. And sometimes that's the only food that their family would get on a daily basis. So going to school is more about survival. Um, and on one particular day, he was coming back from school with his brother on the donkey. And there was a uh, sugarcane um, like truck, like an 18, 18 wheeler type rig truck that was delivering sugarcane coming down the road. And uh, they didn't get out of the road in time. And unfortunately, the truck hit uh, William. And from what I understand, I believe the truck kind of ran over the lower portion of him and uh, and crushed his lower body. So they took him to the hospital and the way that it works in uh, their particular area is you, it's kind of like a mechanic. You go to a hospital. This is what I think's wrong with me. They kind of do an assessment on you and then they say, yep, OK, that's going to cost X number of dollars to fix. And you either have that money right there on the spot or you don't. And whatever you do have, that's what they're going to give you for medical care. So the entire Bate came together, put together what they could uh, to help this young man out. And um, they basically gave him a decatheter and some pain meds and sent him home. That's what they could afford. Uh, so it was, you know, it was pretty bad. He was in really bad shape. Um, so I prayed over him. I prayed with the family, um, kind of, you know, thought about what I could do for this young man. Um, we, you know, tried to help them out as much as possible in the moment. Um, I went back to the, uh, compound that we stay in and I just on a whim wanted to go back and kind of give them some hope and some, uh, you know, some inspiration. Uh, the baseball is the big sport down there. All the kids love baseball. It's like the biggest thing ever. So I grabbed uh, a baseball, baseball glove, baseball hat and a translator. And I go back to go visit William again. I, I said, take me back there. So we go back to the house. Uh, William is there. He's awake. And I talked to my translator uh, and I said, tell him I'm going to give him this baseball, this baseball hat, this baseball glove. And I want you to tell him that when I come back next year, um, you know, he's going to be better. He's going to be on his feet and we're going to go out and we're going to play baseball together. Uh, so I tell the translator that the whole family is in the room. This is kind of the funny part about it. And uh, the translator's talking to William and the family standing there and they all start gasping at the same time. And I have no idea what they're saying. And I'm like, what, what's going on here? This seems a bit weird, the reaction that they're they're saying. And my translator looks back at me after a minute and I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, um, yes, he's like, uh, William is very sick and he cannot get up and go outside and play baseball with you right now. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no, uh, 
<laughs> You're like, not right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, no, no. I- explain to him it's next year when I come back. I want to take him out and play baseball. So I think the family was kind of thinking, I'm like, you know, in the name of Jesus, rise. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of an awkward moment. It was funny. You know, my translators yeah. are great. They're young uh, and yeah. I love them to death. But sometimes things get lost in translation. Um, but I have continued to follow up with them. And William is doing well. And he has recovered. And I am really looking forward to being able to go back down and see him in April and play baseball. Now, Bryce, you and I have kind of talked loosely about a lot of the details that go around this trip. Um, what what are some of the most important uh, resources? We we keep using you know specific terms that I that apply to these missions trips, but like, what are some of the specific resources you guys bring down with you physically, and how do you get them into the Dominican Republic? Okay, so depending on the size of the team of volunteers that we have really determines how much uh, materials we can take down with us. So what we do is uh, each one of our volunteers, um, they commit to basically packing all of their um, personal belongings in a carry-on that they can bring on the airplane. We are provided with uh, laundry services and things like that for our volunteers down there. So we just kind of scramble, you know, the necessities together. Because we do that, each of my volunteers is equipped with two military sea bags that they can bring as their check-on, you know, the the check-on Well, that's the most that Customs allows each person is two bags. So per person, Customs lets us bring in two bags. Yep. So each each volunteer is provided with two sea bags. They're, you know, really large, like the olive drab green military duffel bags. You can get, I think, about 50 gallons of of, uh, stuff in there. And so we try to, we, I mean, we pack those things to the brim with anything that, you know, we preferably smaller items that we can get more of in there. Um, But, you know, we've, we've collected donations from individuals um, and gotten soap, you know, shampoo, uh, toothbrushes, toiletry items. And then Nikki has a whole bunch of different things that she asked for specifically for the maternity ward. Um, Yeah. So we have two key catalysts we have that we that we leverage and then beyond that you know like bryce said we go open-handedly so we always are collecting items to do the food mission and the food mission consists of taking i know it's going to sound a little odd but it's super helpful is um pillowcases so i'll collect used pillowcases okay because those instead of taking a bag of food into someone the bag just ends up on the ground <laughs> you know not properly bag. like a plastic bag is not properly disposed of oh yeah so it just ends up on the ground so what we take in is pillowcases because the fabric can be repurposed into garments. It can be repurposed into all kinds of things like it's fabric. So they repurpose the pillowcases, but we stuff in there wooden spoons, spices, um, and pasta, rice, beans, beans, sardines, um, canned fish, um, and then local fresh produce. And so the things that we'll take over with us are the spices, the pillowcases, and the wooden spoons. Mm. Everything else we buy there from a food perspective. Um, And that helps with that one key um, food mission. And then the other thing we do are the mommy bags. And the mommy bags um, we take down include things for both newborn babies and moms who have just delivered. So that would be toiletry items, newborn onesies hats for the baby, receiving blankets, um, lotions and, and diapers and wipes for baby. baby. Wipes, yeah. And then most importantly, it would be prenatal vitamins. Um, most of these moms are going to choose to nurse. And if not, um, you know, there's lots of women down there that are currently expecting. So those prenatal vitamins are 
essential. Um, and so we take that into the public hospitals and all of that we actually bring down with us. Um, some things we can buy down there, but you know, newborn onesies, those can be very gently used and we'll take them. They don't have to be brand new. So that's typically the, the essentials that we take. And then beyond that, we'll purchase in country uh, different items based on the needs of the community. Oh, that's awesome. Um, random side question. Is there are there items that you've brought before that people are like, yes, bring this back, bring a whole sea bag of just this? Like, yeah, yeah. One of the key things, like especially like just like we've experienced COVID and our kids being out of school. The kids are out of school there too, so they've needed tablets and different, you know, Whoa. equipment to laptops so that they can continue their education. Yeah. But it's not as easily accessible. So, you know, we've had lots of requests for tablets and phones, yeah, anything phones that they can especially. connect to Wi-Fi yeah. and okay. continue their education. Yeah. Even even used phones, like, you know, you upgrade your phone to whatever the iPhone, what is it, 13, I think now. Yeah. Um, but an iPhone 6 or an iPhone 4, which is probably sitting in somebody's, you know, uh, what is that, the junk drawer in your house? Like, oh, maybe I'll save this for a rainy day kind of thing. Uh, those, I mean, those are, you know, a lifesaver for uh, the students over there, um, you know, or just the families to be able to connect and, you know, stay in touch with, uh, especially if they're out in the bates, you know, so just things like that. I mean, every single item we take, and we've gotten some interesting things before. One time, uh, I know a, a woman reached out to Nikki and said, I've got all these bed sheets. They were brand new bed sheets. Um, and I don't know what to do with them. Would you want to take them down there? And we were kind of like, I don't really know if we need bed sheets, but we'll take them, you know? And so we did yeah. we pack them in the sea bag. And sure enough, that's the first time Nikki gets to go into a maternity ward down there. And they had what, like 20 beds in a row, kind of all in one open space, no dividers, and they were plastic mattresses with no sheets on them. So, hey, we've got 20 bed sheets that we can give out for these beds, and now every mother has a, you know, a clean sheet. That's awesome. Amazing. That's super cool. I'm really glad I asked that because I actually have like three old tablets and phones in a pile in a room somewhere. Like I can physically think of the location mm -hmm. right now. So, I, yeah, those are definitely going with you guys next time yeah every item we receive uh i mean it goes it, it gets given out like we don't come back with anything and and That's just awesome. for for you guys for the coffee collective podcast I, I mentioned this the last time i was there but um taking those sea bags down there obviously we empty those sea bags and then i fill them with as much coffee as i can <laughs> from, <laughs> from down there and bring it back yeah. so you know customs is always like yeah, yeah. Customs usually gives me a you know a raised eyebrow as I'm coming back through with uh, you know 50 pounds of coffee and see back <laughs> and I'm like I really like coffee, but uh, we like to bring that back and uh, you know we'll actually share that with uh, you know our supporters that um, you know donate things to us too. So that's awesome. And it's you guys brought a lot of hand sanitizer last time you went too, right? They really like hand sanitizer. I can only imagine. <laughs> I, I can only imagine now even more, just given yeah. the circumstances with the you know health. Uh, yeah. But at the airports, uh, we went through customs one year when we were coming through. They're supposed to search every single one of those sea bags as you're coming through customs. And so they see a team of 12 of us with two sea bags each. And I'm sure the guy at customs was like, this is going to be a long day. And <laughs> he, he opened up the very first sea bag. And right on the top of that was those little Purell hand sanitizers. Mm -hmm. And he just looked at me and he said, give me 20 of those and I'll let you guys through. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> 
I don't know if I'm, uh, you know, exposing anything there, but that's what we did. We, tr- we treated hand sanitizer. I think for, he just really needed some yeah, hand he, sanitizer. Yeah, they like it there too, you know? I think as long as you don't give out his badge number and name, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, no, no one's checking the logs on the hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you know, you guys are really looking forward to the next trip. You've seen, you know, leaps and bounds in the communities that you've been helping out. And not only that, you've mentioned that, like, it's it's a blessing for yourselves that you receive in giving the help. Um, what what are some of the things that you maybe learned about yourselves that you didn't expect to learn from doing these trips? Oh man, that's a really good question. I think for me, it kind of goes back to what I was sharing before where I, you know, in my own mind thought me going down there that I was going to just be, you know, this, this, uh, you know, this opportunity to be a blessing to others, like I said before. And, you know, I learned, I learned more about myself down there and learned more about that, the culture and the community and what I think it really means to be a family. Um, and that your family isn't necessarily, you know, the family you're born into. It's the the family that you do life with. And, um, you know, so I've learned a lot of just to be able to come back here and kind of like, you know, preach that positive mindset of it, you know, you can, you can be generous and it doesn't have to be a family member and you shouldn't expect anything in ex- in exchange for that. Uh, and there, and there's more reward in that when you do it that way. Um, some of the other things I've learned quite honestly is, uh, we've, we've helped with some construction projects down there. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of videos on the live to serve Instagram page. So you can kind of see what I've done down there. Um, they do construction. Uh, it, I mean, it's like going back into the, you know, probably the early 1900s. Uh, no, no power tools, you know, no construction equipment when they make buildings. I mean, they are mixing concrete by hand, uh, using whatever they can get their hands on supply wise, like timber and wood. Um, and they build these houses. I mean, everything is from hand and they come out beautiful and uh it's really cool to kind of learn some of those skills and i know we've had a few uh volunteers that have gone down that are you know tradesmen here in the u.s and they they go down really because they want to learn some of those tips and uh you know techniques because they they do some amazing work and it's hard and it's a lot of labor uh but they're what they're able to do with with nothing is incredible so i've learned some some cool skills on on that front and uh yeah i mean just it's really me yes from my own personal growth, um, I've definitely experienced a ton of, of growth in in doing this type of work personally. Um, you know, for me, I think one of the things that I've learned over the years is I can do hard things um, and I can be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Um, I can be okay um, when not everything makes sense um, and that I can still experience joy and goodness um, when things don't look good. Um, and so I've learned a lot about that, um, through the culture down there, through the experiences that I've had, uh, interactions with people, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Um, and that's really where the growth is. Mm. Um, I want to, I want to get into a couple more fun questions, but before that, I think it's really important. Um, we've talked a lot about what you're doing, how you're doing it. Um, some of the really nice things lined up in the future for Live to Serve. If any of our listeners wanted to donate anything to Live to Serve, where would they go to do that? Something like, or or if they wanted to donate their time and maybe sign up to be one of your volunteers on this upcoming trip, where would they go? Yeah, so we do have an Instagram page um, for Live to Serve, Serve to Live. Bryce manages that. Um, 
And so you could find out more information there just by reaching out and contacting us for people that are interested in. We usually have just kind of an initial meet and greet um, to meet up with folks or to Skype with them um, just to, to make sure that, you know, there's an alignment of, of mindset and, and heart posture going into this. Um, that's really important to us. Um, so we've had all kinds of volunteers from folks from Canada to we have someone coming in from Arizona to join us on this next trip. Um, so they come from all over, which is excellent. Um, and then in terms of resources, people have sent me, you know, baby onesies through Amazon. Mm. Um, you know, they've sent me um, prenatal vitamins through Amazon. That tends to be the easiest for folks. Um, and then, of course, monetary donations made out to live to serve is always welcomed. Um, and then we take those resources down with us um, to buy the food, um, diapers and wipes. There are certain things that are just easier to buy there than to taking with us. So whether it be, you know, I've even had moms reach out who've had her like, I have all these newborn clothes. They're in great condition. They only went through one baby. Can you take them? Box them up and mail them to my address. Um, so the easiest way to get in touch with us, I think, is just a direct message through Instagram um, and then we can field arrangements on how to get uh, donated goods to us right through instant messaging. Okay. Yeah. And and that's a really good way to find out maybe specifically what you guys are looking for for the trip coming up because you don't want to, you know, just have like an influx of only baby onesies. Like there's other things that you need to bring down. Uh yeah. But I will say we've gotten a lot of great uh, donations in the past. Um, people have been really generous. Um, and, and, and so there's always, I feel like there's always people that surround us and, and support us. They, you know, whether they know us or they know someone who knows us, um, they know that we're going to steward well, the resources we've been given and everything that we get is going to be multiplied down there. So it's always, uh, it's always worked out well. Awesome. Uh, before, <laughs> before I segue into some of the more fun stuff, Nicole you used a really cool term that I've I've heard you use more aptly than a lot of other people. Uh, I, I actually haven't heard many people use this term. You use the term heart posture. Um, can you describe that for our listeners? Because I just really I love that. It's something. It's something that's completely you. Yeah, when I think of heart, heart posture, it's really from what place uh, am I positioned in my heart um, to do something, to act on something? What's the motivation and the intent behind my actions? And that flows from a posture within my heart. Um, and so you can hear that in people when you talk to them, kind of where where their posture is. And, and so, you know, whether it's from a place of I, I have an abundance and so I want to return that back out. Um, that's a posture, that's a heart, heart posture to me. Or, um, you know, I've experienced something in my life um, that, I, that I was able to um, live through, navigate through, and come out on top of. And so somebody who's going through that, like, I want to help them now. That's a posture. Like, I understand there's relevancy there for me. Um, and so that alignment uh, behind your action, I think, stems from your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's that you're exactly right. That's what it is. It's when you say it, I can picture it. It is a posturing or a, you know, a, a positioning of your heart and the way that you are about to move forward with it. So, yeah, yeah, I just I really wanted you to explain that because you do such a good job of it. I love that phrase. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Right. Have you heard that before? I have not. Yeah, no. exactly. OK, <laughs> cool. Um, guys, uh, 
Is there anything else that you'd like to share about the mission trips and or specifically the mission trip coming up in the next year uh, with our listenership? Um, I would, yeah, I would just say that um, obviously we're building our team right now. Um, our goal is to have 15 volunteers boots on the ground. Um, and so we're still open and we still have um, opportunities for individuals that might want to go down. That's obviously the biggest sacrifice is actually taking the time, uh, the finances to go down there. Um, that is happening in April of 2022. It's the last full week of April 2022. If anyone is listening and, and might be interested in wanting to go down and see what we do firsthand, um, the easiest way to do that is just to reach out to us via you know, the Instagram page. Um, you know, and then what we'll do is we'll, we'll connect whether you're local or you know wherever you are um, and we'll, we'll Skype with you and, and kind of have a conversation so that you can get to know us a little bit more and you know kind of unpack that and what it looks like um, the other thing is uh, you know anybody that's interested in giving uh, either physical donations or monetary uh, again just get in touch with us let us know we'll, we'll still take the time to reach out and uh, and get to know you and talk to you and answer any questions that you might have we like to do everything you know as, as uh, personal as possible just so that people can really kind of see you know who we are you know what what our vision is. Um, and then, and then the other side of it is really just getting the word out there and sharing this. So if you're listening to this and you're inspired or you're, wow, this is really cool. I'd, I'd love to, you know, support them or get behind them. Some of the best ways to do that is literally just spreading the word. Uh, we're still fairly new. Uh, we've been doing this, you know, locally for a while. We're wanting to expand and get bigger um, and be able to present this as a, as an opportunity for more going forward. I think our vision is to continue to grow this to the point where we're not just going down once a year, uh, but having the opportunity to go down multiple times a year. And, you know, if, if God allows it, maybe having a facility of our own where we can actually have people come down. Um, you know, any time of the year to, to continue to further this, uh, this work. So those are kind of the things uh, we're really excited about going down. I know, Kevin, that, uh, you know, we've invited, well, actually, really both of you are invited to go if you'd like to go. And we'd love to talk to you about that. Uh, um, I'm going. Next yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. I'm going. Yeah. That's awesome. Can I make a, just a small request so, uh, of your listeners? So if there's anyone that listening, um, especially female entrepreneurs, whether you're a small business owner, you're a business-led, a women-led organization, um, we have a real opportunity in the Dominican Republic to help women support their families. Um, we got a lot of awesome boss ladies here in the U.S., um, and I think you know there's a, a huge opportunity to do that in the Dominican Republic. Last year, like I said, we started five business-led women-led businesses uh, for five for five people, five families. It made a huge difference. So if, if that speaks to anybody that's listening, please reach out. Uh, there's a real opportunity um, for you to help another woman start her own business in the DR. And it's um, it's huge. Yeah. No, that, that it's life-changing is what it is. Absolutely. You know, yeah. 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 No, that's amazing. And um, if anyone doesn't have Instagram, they can feel free to reach out to us at hello at upstatecoffeecollective.com. And we'll put you in touch with Bryce and Nicole. Perfect. As yeah. Well. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, guys, uh, to, to get in something like I, I've been saying, a little more fun. What's your jam this week? What have you guys been listening to? Because I know Bry Bryce and I are always sharing jams anyway. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. You, we laugh about this. Bryce is way more fun than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you said oh, better than I do. Oh, come on. No. <laughs>
So I have, all right. So I've been, um, was hanging out with, uh, with another Marine last week and, uh, he kind of introduced me to a band that's been around for quite some time. They're called Silverstein. I'm sure you're very familiar with them. They just played in, uh, in Albany last night. They played literally last they, night. They, yeah. my, my friend Tyler and his wife was there. Yeah. 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 So they were up here in Boston as well. I think maybe two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And, uh, he had just come back from that concert. So I got like, you know, I was in the car with him for about an hour and a half and I got like a full dose of, you know, probably two of their albums. And yep. so I've, yeah, so I've just been going down that rabbit hole and kind of going back and, and listening to some of the, like, I was like, well, I'll start with their earlier stuff and listen to kind of like the transgression as they've continued to grow. Um, I'm guessing they've been around for quite some time. I, I just, yeah. for whatever reason, just hadn't heard them before. So I've been really enjoying that. Um, that's what I've, that's been getting me going in the, in the gyms and, you know, just on my way to work every day. Yeah. Nicole, what you got? So I am positivity in positivity out i listen to air one music day in and day out air one is um it is a, a christian worship station um they've got just really great christian artists on there um uh-huh. so yeah i listen to stuff that starts my day off mm-hmm. on the right on the right foot yeah. with the right mindset yeah. um and anytime i have an opportunity to turn on some music uh, i'm putting on air one is that on xm or is that like uh is that like a like a website that streams or what is all all the above yeah Um, oh cool yeah all the above I will tell you that Nikki is, uh, she's also uh, a gym addict such as myself. And when she's in there and she's trying to get those reps in, like NF usually is, is what comes on for her. It's true. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Big NF fans in the, in the aspect of getting the reps in. And, uh, yeah, he's got, I I really admire his talent. I mean, for a young guy to be writing, you know, and producing the music that he does, it's really cool. Um, yeah. No, he's really great. Actually, what was funny, you sent me one of his newer singles like the day after it came out. And what was really funny was the day before it had been recommended to me and I listened to it and I was like, and when you sent it to me, I was like, I'm on the same page, man. We're go. on. The, yeah. Which Bryce and I often are. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially if you had heard it uh, the day before and then Bryce comes comes up and says you need to listen to it you you then know that I you listen and Bryce, to it again. <laughs> well, right, right. <laughs> you know that you and Bryce have similar taste in music so you probably oh, yeah, just jumped right in yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right in yeah yeah Matt what, what are you jamming this weekend what do you got going on oh man uh I'm all positivity lately too so I'm, I'm always listening you to listen to like, air one a little air one <laughs> no <laughs> I, I was about to be like no way <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, me personally, I've been, um, I'm usually more of like a folk, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. folk music. Uh, I, I, you know, I like some, some rock, but I've been listening to a lot of hip hop lately. Yeah. Just like good vibes and especially Aminé's new record, oh, 2.5. So good. 2.5. So yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've recommended 2.5 to multiple people because it's just fun and yeah. it's just, uh, and that's the whole idea is yeah. like. You know, he, you know his whole intro monologue thing. Where Ricky, he's like, yeah, Ricky's model. Ricky is that um, his I like alter his ego or whatever? No, that's another guy. That's a whole other guy. If you feeling sad, yeah, 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 yeah. alone, he's depressed, like, all the other bullshit. You <laughs> yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. that! It's time to have some fun. Yeah, shake some ass. <laughs> How? Yeah. No, that's yeah. No, I mean, is amazing. And it's just yeah, it's just a good vibe. Um, yeah, which is what I've been needing lately. That's just, cool. My favorite producer produced that album. Oh, who? Lido. Lido. Of yeah. course he did. Yeah. No, Isn't that amazing? No, no. Yeah. Worlds yeah. colliding. I've been jamming. It just came out. 
this week, but Ehiorobo, which is spelled E H I O R O B O. Ah, uh, Norwegian. Su- no, no, nope. This is American, baby. Wow. Uh, I don't know where he's from, but I, I haven't like done my deep dive that I usually do on an artist. But uh, I've been digging. He's his from music Oklahoma. For a long time. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you know. Like, um, what do you mean? No, but he's like super funky fusion. Yeah, like, yeah. Really cool. Like the first track on the album is called Bazooka Fusion. It's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Highly recommend. Okay, yeah. you're, you're gonna have and to. And it's positive too. So you're I, gonna have to slip it. in my way, like yeah. in a DM, because they're I would I will not remember that spelling. I'll do it at least twice. Please do. All right, cool. Back okay. on. Um, Bryce, Nicole, uh, I I enjoy hearing about some of the journeys that you guys have like had in life together. Is there any particular fun story that you might like to share with people about some of the stuff that you've encountered in your 18-year-long marriage? You guys officially have a high school diploma in each other. Congrats, you've graduated. Uh, you're now in the college phase of your relationship. Uh, you're going to have some 201 courses coming up next semester. Be sure to study up on those. What? Uh, what is there anything in particular that comes to you guys' mind? Because some of my best memories are like hanging out with you guys and Lily um, and Trent and going like going to different places. Like we all went to church together. We all uh, would get together on Sundays and hang out, go to the pool, uh, go to the beach, things like that. I think I think one for me, uh, if it's it's so let's talk about our marriage, right? And and uh, like one aspect of just a story that's just me and Nikki, um, mm. and it kind of stems from being down in the Dominican Republic because while we're down there, obviously we're learning the environment in the area. We're getting to talk to all the locals, and if you go down to the Dominican Republic on vacation, uh, the tendency if you're from the U.S. or outside yeah, anywhere really is you're going to go to either Punta Cana or Bavaro. Those are like the two tourist areas that all the resorts all of the amenities, all of those things are available. So uh, we decided that we were going to just go on a, you know, one-on-one vacation, leave the kids at home with the grandparents, you know, and, and get away because we don't get very much time alone. Um, and so in, we, we kind of had the the heart posture, I'll use that word because I like that as well, uh, to hey. if, if we're going to go on vacation and we're going to spend money, uh, let's, go, let's do it in the Dominican Republic because that money will get into the economy and at least help them out. Um, and so we started asking around all the locals down there, like, where do we go? And we found this place. It's called La Samana or Samana. Samana. Uh, and off of the, the uh, it's on the coast in the northern portion of the Dominican Republic. And they have a resort there that is um, on an island. It's a private island. And you have to take a, uh, a like a small, you know, watercraft vessel to get out there. Um and it's relatively cheap because it is the that's where the locals go on vacation. So it's all, you know, it's pesos oh. and everything else. And it's really private and it's really secluded. And uh, that's where we decided to go. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, it was the first time I think we've really done a vacation, just the two of us. And I was able to just kind of, you know, be the kid that I always want to be and not really have to worry about like focusing on being the parent or, you know, always like, you know, modeling things for the kids. And, um, I know we had such a good time and I only say that cause I was looking through some videos earlier today that I found from that vacation. And Nicole basically convinced me to go out on the beach and do like a yoga Pilates dance class. Oh, nice. Which, which that's the one thing I don't do is dance. I'm not, I'm just not good at it. Uh, so I mean, it was just a really, really fun opportunity to be able to. And when he says convince him, 
what he, what he really means is somebody just had to say, hey, come dance with us. And he says, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think oh, yeah, yeah. convincing. Yeah, you know, right. He's just down for whatever. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, so I, I got to show off my dancing skills and, you know, win, we re-win the love of my, of my wife and, uh, you know, and just danced and had like an awesome time. And it was like, we got to be the kids. That's you know what I mean? And it was on this private island where like no nobody's, you know, watching. There was no internet. There was no social media. It was just us um, completely, you know, away from society and like being able to be ourselves. And I think that's probably one of the, the you know, most memorable vacations I've had just with Nikki. You know what I mean? Because oftentimes we do do uh, everything with the kids or with family or with friends. Um, sometimes it's important to have that time to make that time to just get away and unplug and not have those distractions. And so that's always been one of my favorite uh, memories of, you know, something recently we got to do. So it's, it's super important, I think, to do stuff like that, especially in a long relationship, you know, to, to have those opportunities to sort of rediscover your love for one another and to be, instead of being partners, which you are very much, mm -hmm. uh, in any relationship, but I would say even more so for, for you guys and all of the work that you do together, that it probably was really, uh, refreshing, uh, to, reacquaint yourselves with one another and be playful and like you said yeah like be the kids because you're mm -hmm. always in charge of stuff and now you just get to you know dance around together and <laughs> just yeah it was huge yeah it was it was it was a transition for sure like the first day we're there and we're just kind of like what do we talk about what do we do like we don't have any kids we don't have to talk about the <laughs> yeah. kids you know so yeah it was kind of yeah. fun but uh it was cool to go back and kind of like yeah you know rediscover ourselves so to speak in in such a beautiful environment too um awesome. but yeah i mean we got tons of stories one of my favorite from most recently was we took lily to um an amusement park here locally in new hampshire and she's at that age where i was like okay i'm gonna convince her to get on a roller coaster and uh so i got i've, I've managed to kind of like uh you know manipulate my kids all of my kids to get on roller coasters at an early age okay. yeah. highly influenced highly yeah. influencing skills yeah okay and so, and so we did with lily and uh you know and she was terrified of course and like you know it did it didn't go well um and we went back over to where they you know some of the roller coasters do like the photo as you're coming down the big drop and uh oh, yeah. and, and we we got a photo and it is the most hilarious photo of us because it was myself nicole and our older son trent and then you know here's lily in the corner and we're all with our hands in the air mouths wide open screaming like yeah and then there's lily who looks absolutely terrified is like <laughs> holding on for dear life uh and th and that's just what we like to do so, oh, <laughs> so that's awesome. yeah we usually have fun by ter terrifying our kids you know what i mean but oh yeah it's it's Who a lot doesn't? of fun yeah you got to i mean that's you, you gotta, gotta keep it on their feet yeah that's, that's right lots of laughter we yeah. laugh at each other we laugh at ourselves like we do we laugh a lot and yeah. sometimes we laugh till we cry sometimes we cry till we laugh yeah <laughs> just like one final thing we're you know matt matt's a married man i just took family photos for the holiday season for the first time ever um what's what's some advice you would have for matt or myself as far as uh keeping along I was thinking the like same that. thing. I was yeah. gonna ask the same question. Oh, you were? I was. All yeah. right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we're both looking for it right now. <laughs> we didn't tell you we're in the doghouse already. Now it's Sunday morning. No. <laughs> I'll start, Bryce, if you want to add anything. I think for me, the most important thing is to just be willing to extend grace to mm -hmm. one another. Um, you know, Bryce and I, having started our marriage at 24 years old, you know, we've changed a lot 
over the years. And so I think the extension of grace and the, you know, just allowing each person while you're unified in this marriage, still be individuals and pursue individual interest and growth opportunities and just supporting one another through that. And then, you know, always finding that way back to each other in terms of a middle ground, but not suppressing each person's individuality um, and, and doing that through grace. Uh, yeah, I think I think for me, I mean, yeah, you know, it's kind of joking around a little bit, but not really is just uh, I like to take the stance of I just assume that Nikki's always right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but do the she, same, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I think it's just um, yeah, it's very similar to what she's saying. I think I think a lot of times it's just understanding that nobody's perfect. Um, and being willing to let go of the little things, you know what I mean? Like I've seen a lot of like little cliche post-it note stickies and memes saying, don't, don't sweat the small stuff. Um, but you know what I mean? Like you just have to let things go and you just have to, you know, continue to understand that, um, you know, we're, we're a family and we're a unit and we're a team and we're not always going to agree and we're not always going to want to do the same things, you know, and all those things. And so just let it kind of letting things go, you know what I mean? And for the, for the greater cause. We have two things that two common phrases that we use. One is Mm -hmm. sometimes when we get into like a disagreement or we're passionate about something and we're not seeing eye to eye, one of one of us reminds the other one we're on the same darn team. Yeah, we're on the same team here. So there's gotta be there's gotta be a right answer, right? Because we're on the same team. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is, you know, not sweating the small stuff, picking your battles. Is I always say, is this the mountain that we want to die on today? Yeah. Oh, there. Yeah. Yep. Because yep. if it's not the mountain we want to die on, if it's not the battle we want to that we want to take on, then we're just going to let it go. Yeah. Or, or in Bryce's case, is this the soapbox that we want to die on today? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it isn't always easy, obviously, and you know, yeah. humans, humans are they, they are, you know, we are all different, and we're and nobody's perfect. And um, she did throw away my favorite sweater that I've had since I was <gasps> sixteen, and uh, she absolutely hated it, but wouldn't tell me that, and she did throw it away, and I've let that go. But I just <laughs> want to put that out there because. It sounds like you let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Final thing I guess I'll say just as kind of like a fun one is, uh, and I've learned this from being, I mean, I think everybody that has been, you know, in in a marriage will agree with this. The most commonly debated topic of all time is what you want to eat for dinner. So all I say is have three choices on hand whenever that question is proposed because yep. usually whatever the first one in is t- is typically what you want and that's probably not the one that's going to happen so you got to <laughs> come up with you got to come up with 3 because that question i mean you know thousands yeah. of hours of debate have have can you know ensued over that particular question it's always right at the you know inoperable time of like hey what are you thinking about for dinner tonight i don't know what are you thinking and it's just you know what i'm talking about i know i know matt specifically knows what you're talking about because they like to have some dinner oh yeah oh yeah well <laughs> we even gotten a little bit of a of a tiff or uh you know a, a small uh bickering session today downtown when we were trying to pick about brunch where to go to brunch well that, i mean that's the second hardest question that's, isn't it's it? so <laughs> funny but like we really did we kind of went after it together oh. we, we went at each other like for a moment and i was like again it was like is this the hill we're gonna die on right now? <laughs> yep <laughs> and kenzie turned and she said we're on the same team man. we're on, <laughs> we're the, on same the same team oh my god guys thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, could you guys just share any uh, places that people can find you personally or reiterate where they can find Live to Surf? 
Sure. So I'm on uh, Soapbox Snyder on Instagram, still the only social media platform that I have. I just I just try to, you know, I'm good at that one thing and I keep it simple so everyone can find me there. Uh, we do have a live to serve, serve to live page. I'll send you a link to it um, just because, again, the spelling is it's a lot. Uh, well, you guys are probably already following it, but um, that's that's our live to yeah. serve. All things that we do live to serve related are on there. There's a bunch of videos and cool content on there from our previous trips. So if anybody wants to just kind of, you know, see what what it is we're talking about um i try to keep that up to date and all information about the upcoming trip donations things like that will be released on a regular basis there um and then nikki has uh facebook and instagram um if you want to reach out to her find her on there it is n snyder four and that's is that both for no um instagram is n snyder four and then i'm on facebook at nicole crocker snyder name name crocker last name snyder all right got it guys thanks so much for coming on it was great to meet you nikki and it's good to see you or i guess hear from you again yeah uh soapbox matt you you still have the looming threat slash offer that i'm going to drag you out to actually meet them in person yeah 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 i really want to come out and see you guys yeah new hampshire yeah please do anytime we're we're always our home's always open for you guys and we'd love to have you out here and i will uh definitely take you out and show you all things new hampshire and if you want to trek up into maine we can make that a reality too um a lot of great little coffee spots up here and i you know i try to send them to you uh, whenever i get out there but because i travel so much you know that's one of the things i love to do is go out and find these small small shops and see what they have to offer and man there's some really cool ones out here in this area so yeah you guys are always welcome 